podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Evening. It is uh, Monday night. It is the forum. It is our spiritual home. But hey, spiritual homes are there to be uh, sort of binned and moved off, and a new spiritual home is it can be established whenever you want. So um, it is um, the forum. Uh, I, uh, I am Ray Dicko, your host tonight, and with me I've got uh, Philip Casey. How are you doing, Phil? I'm great, right? Yeah. In good form, I can see I'm that. Best form I've been in a long time, buddy. Outside the result, but apart from that, yeah, great, very good. Um, and we've got uh, Pete over in um, Barcelona. How's it going, Pete? Hanging on in there, hanging in. Not as not as in good, in good a form as Phil, but you know it is what it is. What can you do? Well, we'll we'll get your thoughts as well at a local uh, from a local point of view as well. If if you've if you've sort of gauged the kind of. Uh, the thoughts of people over there and, and everything through the press today. And uh, we've got Chris Brack. How are you doing, Chris? Apathetic, mate. How are you? Apathetic. One of our legacy fans. <laughs> uh, the new the new catchphrase that's emerged over the last 24 hours. Um, <laughs> Might get a T-shirt with, with that on. <laughs> yeah. Right. So uh, the way we're going to approach this tonight is we're going to spend the first roughly oh. half an hour discussing the um, the game that's just unfolded. It was intended to be uh, a match review, but obviously with what happened um, over the last 24 hours um, means that we're going to split this then uh, after the match review and we're going to go on to a discussion around the ESL Um it's quite catchy, isn't it, lads? Um, well, Phil thinks it's catchy anyway. Um, so uh, we'll we'll start um, we'll start off with the game. Look, um, it, 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 it's one of the strangest games for a long time. Obviously, with with what's happened today, like the whole kind of you know, even if we go back to your show, Chris, on Friday, and the you know the preview and everything that was associated with trying to get three points and obviously the result going forward on on Saturday and then we get to um we get to tonight and even when it comes to the match lineups it's hard to even kind of put any importance on it. But I'll start with you, Chris. Um Thanks. 
uh, obviously the um you know there was a, a change in defense you've got um Fabinho uh slotting back in sent uh sent back and uh Phillips uh dropping out um and then um you've got uh, Mo Salah dropping out uh, at the other end of the pitch and uh the front three of uh, Jota Firmino and um Mane what were your thoughts on the lineup uh, I was surprised there was no Salah. I thought you play your top goal scorer because, to be fair, the other two, Manny and Bobby, aren't in form and haven't been in form for a while. So, surely you start with two form guys. But, to be fair, first off, apart from one Fabino misplaced pass, I thought Liverpool actually were fairly comfortable. Uh, I think the only thing I thought at half-time was uh, we, we messed up too many good opportunities for like the final ball, which, you know, I feel like I feel like a broken record. I feel like I've said that every game this year. That, yeah. but the only positive I could say, probably in the last five or six games, is at least we're actually creating chances where you go, we should score there, we should score there. Whereas some of the games we watched recently, be going like, yeah, we lost one 0 to Burnley. Yeah, we did. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Burnley scored, and um, we just passed the ball around. Nothing happened. So mm. you know, I thought first half Jota looked really sharp. Uh, I was quite quite impressed. Quite impressed with Jota. I was pleased Manny got his goal. Uh, Bobby was just there, but didn't really do much. Uh, and you know, I was pleased with Milner that he's playing. You know, in, against his old club, I thought he, I thought Milner did fine. I thought Thiago was okay. And Kabak, I thought was solid first half. And second half, it flipped round and Leeds deserved the point. You know, Allison was man of the match second half. He kept he he kept us in it. Uh, and then, you know, the only thing we can really gripe about is. Uh, some really poor finishing, uh, not just by the usual suspects, you know, Jota, the header, you know, you should bury that. It's a, it's a basic header. Salah should take his chance. And then Ox just sums up his career at the moment with Liverpool. It's just a um, big, another big opportunity missed and fluffed his lines. So does it mean top four has gone? If it matters, I don't think it does. I, I've still maintained with seven games ago, you probably needed at least five wins. So you've probably got a little bit of wiggle room because there's no way the lads around us are all going to win their seven games. It's not possible. Yeah. Um, so it just makes it more difficult. But, you know, it's. Well, I know we're going to talk about it later, but it was hard to get up for the game a little bit because part of you thinks, like, it's really matter now because if we're going to be in this other competition, it doesn't actually matter if we win this game. But like anything with football, within, after 10 minutes, I kind of get into the, you get into the game then, you kind of forget about it for a little bit until full time. Yeah, I mean, Nalatuba said, does this really matter? I mean, Peter, I mean, Chris touches on it there. Um, there was a bit of that pre-game, um, you know, really most fans were interested, first of all, in in, in what Klopp had to say because uh, we knew that the interview was coming at some point around quarter past, half past seven. So, you know, you get past that, you get to the team news, um, you know, he obviously changes it up. Um, once, once, you, once we're into that first half, I think you know. I think we do kind of maybe, you know, as a fan base, we do kind of concentrate on the game. And the reality is, I thought we were decent enough first half. I mean, we start fairly brightly. Um, I mean, let's fast forward it onto the goal. Um, it's a nice move, and and obviously Trent is again mm. after you know a bit of an up and down few weeks and, and a lot. Of he's absolutely pivotal to a score and that 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 opening goal, and it's you know it's a calm finish by Mane because he hasn't been in the best of form, but he slots it away, and I think at that point you know we we did deserve to be one nil up, didn't we? Yeah, again, you know, delighted for Trent. You know, he's certainly going forward. <laughs> the best fullback in the league, you know, and arguably the best fullback 
there is around, to be honest, all the nonsense that's been talked over, reactionary nonsense over the last few weeks has been, you know, laughable. Um, but you made the point earlier, Ray, it doesn't matter. It always matters, you know. I mean, look, we'll talk about our views on, on what's going on uh, later on, but it always matters. And I think we, we all have our, an idea of what's, what's going to happen in the end. But for me, let's be honest with you, we're wasteful. We're not clinical. And, you know, it's between four of them now. You look at, you go, who's actually going to step up and, and you know, grab those doubles and, and, and put chances away? It's the same story with Liverpool. I only really worry about us when, we're not making chances. We make chances week in, week out, even when we're shocking, to be honest with you. Yeah. Again, frustrating. We make chances tonight. No point in pointing fingers. Different lads will point fingers at Wijnaldum. They'll point fingers all over the park. But you don't. You can't make the, and have the amount of possession and make the amount of chances we get that we, we make and not score at least two goals. It's To be honest, that's the bottom line. This this team is crying out for somebody to share the board with Mohamed Salah. Nobody is. You know, I know Mane scored tonight. Great, this third goal. I'm thinking, I don't know how many games, but it's not enough. You know, uh, it, you know, but it was nice to see that Klopp had the confidence to leave Salah out. But again, with being out of Europe, player best players would be my view. But I don't. I'm not in the training sessions, and obviously the the will there is to, to freshen things up. But you know, we need somebody to share that load with Mohamed Salah if he's going to stay. You know, it's not sustainable otherwise. We're just far too reliant on him for goals. Far too reliant. To be fair, isn't to be fair though, isn't that Jota? Because he's on twelve goals in twenty games. Yeah, but it wasn't tonight. And it you wasn't know, tonight. Um, but in general, he has been sharing the load. I would say the argument is we probably, we probably, need, we probably need the third. That's where we're lacking. Uh, listen, injuries aside, yeah. injuries aside, I agree with you. I mean, strike. I mean, look. Bobby Firmino is there. He's kind of, you know, he's in some respects supposed to be our main striker. He should be at least chipping in with 10 to 15 goals in a side of, of, of Liverpool's quality. And he doesn't look like he's going to he's gonna get anywhere near that really uh, in terms of league goals. So, um, so Phil, look... Um, Staying with the staying with the football for now, I, I, you know, we get to half time, we go in one nil. Leeds don't really seem to, you know, it's not it's not the best lead, you know, from a Leeds performance perspective, wasn't there by far wasn't their kind of fluid sort of attack and football that that we we'd often see from them. But in the second half, we've given ourselves a, a perfect platform. You know, for a second, let's assume that this is a, a race for top four that matters. But in that second half, we just see the same of what we've seen so many times this season. It's you know, it's kind of, it's what's kind of infuriated so many fans, isn't it? Yeah, Ray. Look, I, I think you know, for me, the whole thing stems around the fact that this team is built on intense physical attributes that allowed us to outrun, outpress, outpass, outthink the opponents. And this team is physically done. If it's like we're using a thirty-nine-year-old James Milner to be the to be the the, the prodding point in this midfield, because for the third Thiago, time in for the third time in in three important games, yeah. But like I look at it, Thiago has a good first half, but then he he seemed to he seemed to get leggy in the second half. Mm. Um, when Yaldum is done, like I, I'm going to tell you now, I, I, from what I can see, Mane is done. When Yaldum is done, Firmino is done. 
we can't give Wijnaldum a new contract because I think a guy in his 30s, his legs look like he can't do that intensive up and down across the pitch. Yes, he'd go for you all day. Like He still has that base level of, of fitness that's there, but when it comes to being intensively up and down the pitch, but the way we've seen for the last two to three years, it's just not there. You look at Firmino. Firmino, the big thing that we could all hold about Firmino when he wasn't scoring goals and, or even making goals was his work rate was off the charts and the amount of ground he covered. Fella looks like he's running on porridge. They're like the, 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 Those guys remind me of when Lucas had to play in that midfield and it was used to be disgusting to watch. The fella couldn't walk. It was like he was walk, he was running at the speed of a walk. It's just terrible. You know, it's 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 looking at these dogs on the pitch at this stage and then looking at the bench and looking at what he brings on. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think Klopp's choices and, and his management this season has been absolutely fucking atrocious at times. Like I'm, I'm, not, I'm not holding back here. His substitutions tonight are deplorable. Deplorable. Absolutely deplorable. Bringing that Oxlade fella on. Like, he's done. He shouldn't even be in the squad. I'd rather see a young fella get a run at this stage. He's done. He's absolutely done. I've or even Shakiri. I mean, we've seen Shakiri yeah. come on and, and, and do, Shikiri, you know, Shikiri has a, five minutes. Has, has more energy and could do more things than Oxlade. Mm. Oxlade was a once one and a half season wonder or a half season wonder. And then that injury that he's had, he's done. The fella is is no physical threat, has no ability to get up and down the pitch anymore. Completely done. I'm looking at like you just look at this and and I wouldn't if it was one game I'd say this is probably an overreaction and I was just annoyed. But I, it's not. This is a repeated pattern we've seen since before Christmas with these players and it's the same players. And sadly, I think Mane's legs are gone. I think Firmino's legs are 100% gone. I think Mane's legs are gone. Um, and Thiago isn't the fellow who's going to do box-to-box. You need to have Fabinho in there alongside him, and you need a Hendo in alongside him as well, or even a Curtis Jones, or someone who's going to give you that added level. It reminds me, Thiago reminds me of when Gerard was playing that brilliant role under Rodgers in that 13-14 season, where he used to just sit in, in, the, in the midfield, basically, and was able to spray the balls around, and when he got up high along the box, he could play those little slide-drill passes that got players in, right? But in that team, Gerard needed Hendo on one side of him. And mm. he played best when they had Joe Allen on the other side. And it wasn't when they had Lucas anywhere near the team. Like, mm. this is because he had legs around him. And if you have Fabinho there and you have Hendo there, you've got legs around Thiago, right? So, I'm like, for me, I'm going to tell you, like, I'm just looking at that team and I just get so frustrated looking at the same thing over and over again. And I see people slagging off Rabo. I, was t- I actually put it in the group and I, I said it. Robbo looks like Jose Enrique at the moment, right? He's doing all right defensively and offering nothing in attack. But we signed a fella for 12 million or whatever it was, Simicas from Olympiacos last year. And he may as well have signed Mr. Blobby because we haven't seen him since the start of the season, right? And if he isn't at this, if he's at this point, if he's not capable of getting a game at any point, it was it, it was literally a big waste of money. We could have spent that money on signing the centre back. Let's be straight about this. We could have signed, used that money on signing the centre-back instead of signing this fella. But then, you know, all these things, we've had all the conversations around, what's the point, yada, yada, yada. There is a point. The league is the bread and butter, right? And people can get on their high horse about the ESL, and we'll talk about that in a while, right? But ultimately, we will be playing in, the, in a domestic league, I'd say, because otherwise the, 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 the repercussions will be too big. The aim of the league is to finish top of the league. Anywhere else is completely irrelevant. And everywhere else in the league has only been made relevant by UEFA's money grab. Okay? So, ultimately, when we get back to the purity of the league being fourth place, only six teams will essentially be able to win that league, which has been the way it's been 
for the best part of 20 years at this stage. So there's no real change. It's just what it is. And when I look at this, I look at it and say, we have we have no excuses left to not invest our time and efforts in winning this league. None. There's no excuses. There's no excuses. This is We've won a league recently. We put ourselves in this position. And through, due to bad gambles, it's turned on us. And every time I look at this team, with the, with the odd exception since Christmas, you just look at the same issues over and over and over. Yeah, Dean Regan says, uh, stupid chat um, from Dean, losing hope in Tiago, lads, offering nothing. And just on the super chats, by the way, if we do become an ESL team, there will be a, a minimum £10 for a super chat, just in line with uh, our new stature as a uh, ESL founding father. So, um, Chris, um, you know, <laughs> Phil touches on... Um, signings yeah Tiago there getting a, a sort of a negative rap um you know I think we've had a return from Jota this season Cater you know it's 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 looking like a, a bust at this uh, at this stage Simicus when you get a ticket for not wearing your seatbelt it comes from the police and from your mother and your best friend and your family we want you to buckle up every trip every time Three out of four people ejected from a vehicle in a crash will die. If you won't do it for yourself, do it for us. We like having you around. Click it or ticket. A message from the Michigan Office of Highway Safety Planning. Uh, as Phil mentions there. I mean, I think there's an element of, the, I mean, Kabak as well, obviously, you know, emergency sign and of, of, of sorts. Like, some of these signings now are starting to look a little bit kind of half-hearted in some respects in terms of what they're actually delivering. Um, like, are you, are you, are you now again, irrespective of what happens with the structure of the, the competitions, are you concerned that, that we, that we haven't really kind of kicked on from this position of strength that we were in? Um, to a point. Yeah. I mean, some of the things we, I don't. I know we could talk about Matip and Gomez as injury records, but I don't think you can legislate for three centre backs getting that many that big long term injuries. Mm. Uh, and I do think that's why Genie looks knackered this year because of, and we've talked about. It, I think Phil's mentioned before we've had to play for B, Fabinho Henderson our engine room at centre back, which means Genie's having to do something that I don't think he he, he needs to do or is designed to do. Whereas I think if you have a Genie only doing twenty five games a season, I think he's still probably see a very Lively, healthy genie compress. I don't think genie playing thirty eight games well this season is doing him any favors. But unfortunately, I, th- I think what's more been exposed is some of the um, fringe players, the likes of your, your caters, your chambers. It's like we pick. It's like we're picking up the same lads, but we yeah. can't trust. We can't trust them. Origi, you know, we can't trust them. Shakiri, to be honest, yes, he's got when he comes on, he's great. You know, he can, he's got a bit of that maverick style in, but he goes missing for six months with. Thigh injuries, calf injuries. Yeah. What's happened to us this year is too many of our probably more durable players have gone out, and that's probably highlighted to us some players who actually we probably wish we could rely on. I mean, the Simicast one, you know, he may as well be Ben Davis. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? 12 million I about, Ben Davis, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tiago, look, I think he's settled in. I, I, I do agree with Phil. I think if we have, if he has a Fabino and a Henderson next to him, which I think was the plan. I think you see the best way. I mean, today, if the strikers could choose, he has two assists today. So for a guy who offers nothing, you know, he gets in. I mean, he has managed to stop getting a yellow card every 
bloody game, which is a bit of a handy. And actually got a bit of the uh, Fernandinho uh, cumulative tackles and not getting booked for. He, th- he seems to be getting better at that. So yeah. I, I don't really worry about Thiago. I do think there's enough credit in the bank with what he's done at previous clubs and what he can do for us. And if we do end up in a Super League, you know, playing that type, those type of teams suits his game. But yeah, I mean, the likes, uh, the likes of Simakas and the defensive guys, they leave a lot to be desired. Jota, you can say, is probably the biggest success we've had by a country mile. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Pete, just back onto the game, obviously, the second half, you know, we do have some chances, half chances. You know, Mo comes on, puts himself in some very, you know, good positions, you know, can't can't hit the target. You know, it's it's not the first time we've seen, seen this. Um, uh, and obviously, you know, four minutes to go, we get punished. Uh, we get punished from uh, giving away too to many corner kicks. Yeah, no. exactly. a lot I mean, of corner kicks given away tonight um, by both sides, actually. And and ultimately, they score. You know, a fairly routine header from a corner four minutes to go. But at the same time, you could you could see it coming, couldn't you, Pete? Because you know, Bamford yeah. hit the bar. Allison's made some good saves. Actually, you know, possibly our man of the match tonight. Um, yeah, he made a point blank save from Bamford. I thought was pretty impressive. Bamford puts it anywhere else he scores. But for me, again, that inevitability that you're talking about, Ray, comes from a lack of confidence. You know, you've you've all played in sides where you're getting beat every week, and you're waiting. You're just waiting for. We're not getting beat, but not not winning games. And you're waiting for the opposition to, to, you know, to come up with something. You know, there's an inevitability about it. Now, the fact that we're completely overrun by a young, fit side is not just disappointing, but it kind of really underlines the inevitability of just that. But, yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, Liverpool and late goals. I mean, I, I look enviously at Manchester United. None of their players, literally none of them. But they seem to have this, still, this expectation. If you look at them yesterday, they just expect to go and steamroll somebody in the last couple of minutes and they go and they do that without playing well. You know, it's it's very, very difficult to take that. It's almost like somebody has handed you the team a script and everybody wants to, you know, wants to stick to it. For me, it's... We're, we're missing... We're, I think we're missing a lot of things. We're missing, we're missing energy, leadership, as we keep talking about. Yeah. There's nobody yeah. to kind of take this, the game, but it's discovering that I can say with 15 minutes to go, hang on a second here, boys. We need to do what we need to do. Not helped by Klopp's changes. It's the perfect storm against us. But looking at the table, you know, we're still in and about it for, you know, for, for we would have went toward tonight. We're I still know. in and about. I think, I think, are we not toward? Or fourth? Are we not fourth? No. No, we would have gone fourth, wouldn't we? We would have gone in the top four. We'd have gone, four, we'd have gone fourth on goal difference, but we're two yeah. points off. But yeah. I think, I, to be honest with you, do I do I think West Ham will, will be there or thereabouts? I think they'll fall away. I think even Leicester, hopefully, will focus on you know the cup final that they've got got into. I still think that we can we can pick something. I mean, Leeds away one all, considering what they're capable of, is not the worst result in the world. You know, it's other results that have destroyed do, us, to be honest. The only thing I would say about your, your Man United point is I would say Man United are probably what Gav, Gav probably said we need in the summer, which is I don't need nine and ten, ten out of ten players. I'd rather take a seven out of, a seven out of ten player, but who's available every week. Because if you look yeah, at their centre-backs, would yeah. you want Maguire and Lindelof versus ours? Probably not. But Maguire and Lindelof are rarely injured. You know, Fred, Fred, he's rarely injured. Now, you might say they're great players, but they're always available. You can kind of work around their 
deficiencies or their their um, shortcomings. And the one thing I was with United is whether you like their players or not, I would say the drop off between the bench and their starting eleven isn't massive. I would say if they're going to kick on to beat a City, they probably need to find some players the next level. But I would say their drop off is a bit small. That's where we need to find probably someone like you know who maybe is the equivalent of a Chamberlain, but he's available every week. Yeah, I mean you know, whoever that whoever that is because. Yeah, to be honest with you, nothing against them personally, but watching someone like that warm up and you know, come on and make a difference. The frustrating part for me is that we had enough chances to win that game. And even, even before they scored the equaliser, we have enough, ch- enough chances to put it to bed. We should have put it to bed in the first half. Mm-hmm. Like this, yeah. this comes back to fellas that we should have, that, that should do better, fellas who should, should deliver. Like Salah misses a, a great chance going through, but I think arguably the better chance is the one where Meslier passes the ball straight to him and his first touch lets him down. Mm. Now, but to me, Salah's always been the type of player that's better when he starts starts from a game that comes on from the bench because it seems to take him five or ten minutes to get that first touch working. Mm. But while well, saying that, Jota missed two absolute sitters on his head from yeah, corners. Right, there yeah. One, the one that he headed down into the ground and bounced back up, like Firmino may as well have been. It, oh, it just so fucking annoys me when I see that fella playing and then I look at Mane and he scores a goal um, which is great but he should have had two if not three goals like he gets into but again right if you're a top class and if you're a top class and the four and I, I mean the big names and we had this conversation before and you're looking at Liverpool now you are thinking to yourself I can be a hero there I can make a, a real difference you know if I'm a, if I, I know I said this before but if I'm the ones that people talk about, like Kylian Mbappe, do I want to go and play in the museum at Madrid or do I want to be like, superstar at Liverpool? There was a st- I know what I mean. sorry, sorry, Pete, there was a stupid stat thrown out tonight about Mane, Firmino and Salah have now scored 300, 300 goals. Salah scored 123 of them. Phenomenal. Right? If you take Salah away, Firmino and Mane have scored 177 and Firmino has three goals this year. Like, I know. I think, I think what there obviously was a you know there were seasons gone by where where Firmino was chipping in like his 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 goals return has never been fantastic and it's always been very streaky as well. But this season it's just it's just non-existent. I mean he's scoring. Mohamed Yogi has it right there. Bobby is playing like Lucas a love child. Bobby <laughs> is the Lucas centre forwards at this stage, right? We're just keeping him around because he's a nice bloke. Like mm. Luke, like Lucas blocked me on 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 Twitter ages ago. It's hilarious, right? Um, but right, honestly, he was he was the he. Every time I think of when we are crap, I think of him. He was literally the the, the epitome of when we were shite. He was never mm. in the team when we were doing stuff and achieving stuff and getting and and getting into the Champions League. And he was always in it when we were absolutely rank average, right? And I look at Firmino now, and I'm just there going, if that if we signed him as a squad player in the summer and he was putting those performances in, there will be knives out from left, right, and centre. We'll be saying, who do we sign this imposter? The, the, Chris touching it. The fact that we have spent fifty odd million on Keita. He was the worst signing we have ever made, bar none. We waited a season to get him in. Honestly, honestly, no, not even close. We waited, a, we waited a year to get Casey into that team, right? And we have a problem now where we had to drop one of our centre mids back in, and we needed le- legs in that midfield, and we had to call on a thirty-nine-year-old James Milner to give us that those legs and that attacking threat. That's an embarrassment for Casey. 
It's an absolute embarrassment no, for, the, for, the, for the fans who have pinned their tails to the Nabi Keita trailer and are now disappearing off over the hill and saying that he wasn't treated fairly at the club. Like This is just, it's just a disgrace looking at, at what's turned out from these players. And that player, he needs he needs to take a long hard look at himself. What he's done on the pitch, the way he's thrown in the door, it's just it's just disgrace. I am sick to death of the level of effort that's gone in with some of these players this year. And I'm but just sick of it. Like, we're going to be talking about this European Super League, right? And you're going to be hearing about it's a, it's a, the fans don't want it and the players don't want it. Those players need to go and lock themselves in a shed and look at themselves and say to themselves, just shut up. Until you're doing it on the pitch, you've no right to speak. It's an embarrassment. Mm. It's an absolute the embarrassment. Decision, the decision to play Naby in the, in the Champions League game is still such a head-scratcher. It's actually kind of... It's backfired so badly, it's almost... He's almost sort of embarrassed into Klopp. This is almost embarrassed into into not playing him again, sort of thing this yeah. season. Well, if he hadn't, if he hadn't have thrown him into that situation, we could easily have seen him, you know, starting league games or coming off the bench and you know trying to trying to rebuild something for the back end of the season. But it's now almost so bad that it's just like it's. Nah, we'll just we'll we'll shelve this. We'll if we're gonna give you one last chance, it's gonna you're gonna you know you're gonna have to hit the ground running at the start of next season. We're gonna have to see the real Naby Keita because this season's kind of you know is just sort of all all. all but you are saying it. We are saying we are saying the real Naby Keita. He's a he's a nice tidy player. He's just physically not able for the rigors, the requirements mm-hmm. of playing in the Premier League. It's that simple. Some fellas just aren't up for it. He's one of them. He's not. Like, what's he? Twenty six. He's not up for it. He's not. He's not. He's, he's, it's, there's no all these false dons. You know, it's like Paul Pogba. You know, it's like Veron at United. You know, Veron <laughs> did United. He did Chelsea, and Veron's a very, very good player. He just didn't suit the English game. My, I, I don't want to sound like I keep getting on Manny and Chamberlain's. Uh, sorry, Kate and Chamberlain's back. Uh, but at this stage now, it shouldn't be seen as a risk to throw them in. And that was the that was the phrase I kept saying is, oh, it's risky throwing it in. If you're a 50 million, if, you know, the ability he's got, it shouldn't be a risk. You know, people mentioned, and you jokingly said Aqualani. But when Aqualani played, he did produce. And he did go, he's a nice, tidy player. Actually, he's a good player. He just physically wasn't up to it. But he did actually do stuff on the pitch, you know. And I can, I can live with that. I can, I can live with that a little bit. But, you know... Unfortunately, he's just not done it now. And I the think only, the only thing got... I, yeah, yeah, the only thing I say, Bracky, is you know, for a fella that's not been in the side, to put him in against Crows and Modric, I mean, mm. what are you doing? To arguably the best midfield partnership yeah. of the last we're talking, 15 years. My, 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 my thought, my, my, but my sorry, thought though is, go on, sorry. No, no, I was, I was just going to say, we t- our take and our belief when we signed them was this fella was more than capable of of, of, of playing against the crews and Modrages. When we wow. signed them, that's what he was there to do. He was to take us on to the next level. He could he could do a bit of absolutely everything, but not just do it, but do it brilliantly. Right? Oh, he's supposed to be Iniesta, you know? No, he's not. He's, he was meant to be a box-to-box terrier with a wicked shot on him and could do a bit more than just sit in front of a defence and, 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 and funnel things together like Genie had done or, had, or Hendo had done. He was meant to be an evolution to what it is. I think we're paying that. I'm, I'm really scared. And the idea that I'm really, really scared about this because we don't need, we had a window 
this is where I would criticise the, the the transfer decisions that were made. We had a window where it was possible to replace one to two players every summer without having to go out and do a big refresh of the squad, right? Which is what the best clubs have always done. Mm. Always bring in one to, one or two to that are better than what's in your first team, and that pushes one or two into your squad, and you can dump off the the crap then, right? And it makes no real impact. You just get better and better. That's how you recycle. Now we have an issue where we've got to change Firmino, Mane, Genie, Milner, Keita. And that's lads that play in the force team on a regular basis. We haven't even got to the back end of the pitch where we've got three centre-backs. One is, one is one picks up repeated niggles. Another fella is prone to having long-term injuries. And we're hoping and praying, and I, I honestly think he will, that Virgil comes back as strong as he did beforehand. We still have no right-back cover and we have no left-back cover. Now, look, I, I hate, like, when you break it down and think of it in the in the worst possible event, that's exactly what we're talking about here. And when we talk about Robertson being tired, look at Trent, his form is up, his form is up and down. It's because we don't have the lads to put in. And we've tried to sign, trying to, we signed Simicus, we saw, we brought through Nico Williams. He gets such abuse in, from the fans and then from the, 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 the way he was broken down in the press. We have no option now to, to rest Trent. I think ultimately he probably thinks, well, I'll play Gomez at right back if I have to, mm. to the restaurant mm. when, when mm. he gets back. And it's like you have this much bigger rebuild than what should have been a an evolution and an improvement and a refocusing of the tactics. And I just yeah. think this, it's a bit scary. And and I will say, I know, I know we're going to talk about it, but if you take that into the logical, it's not a case that we have a season down now where we don't have Champions League football and we can just focus on the league for the whole thing. Because when this Super League goes ahead, we're in it. And we want to be competitive from the off because the last thing we want to do is take all this flack, take all this heat, go in with these teams and be like the team that Rogers put out against Real Madrid with Barini and, and the land, Colo Torre and the lads going over there because that's the last thing we can afford to do having made so much noise about being part of this European Super League. Absolutely, yeah. So look, we'll we'll wrap up on the on the game tonight. I'll go around the table and just ask one question, same question to everyone. Um, I'll start with you, Pete. Do we finish in the top four? Yeah. 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 I mean, and not by virtue of the fact that we're any good, but <laughs> the guys that are rivaling us, I don't have any fear of them. I, I looked at Leicester over the last couple of games. They've been awful. And West Ham, you, you just don't know what's going to happen with them. So, yeah, I feel it. I, I feel that we will, but not because we're great. Because we aren't. So, by default. So, uh, Chris, any question to you? We could probably can only afford, probably, you know, the math to this now say we probably only afford one more slip. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rose Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. Mm. What do you think? Uh, I'll say a hopeful yes. A hopeful yes, not confident though. And Phil, uh, probably the most irrelevant question ever to you. But anyway, do we finish top four? How many games have you left? We've six games left, is it? Six. Yeah. Six games, six You'll wins. Eight, eight, eighteen. Probably points. have to beat United now at this stage, or you know. Yeah, eighteen points gets you to seventy-one. There's probably an argument that sixty-eight probably gets you top four, and um, which would allow you one more slip. That's on the back that Leicester have to play United, Arsenal and Tottenham in their last three games. 
And Chelsea, I think they've left. Sorry, you know, you know Chelsea and Tottenham in their last three I games. I think do they play West Ham next? Does it? Maybe Chelsea yeah. West Ham next, did not it? Oh, yeah. Chelsea West Ham next. in other games, yeah. Chelsea have a shed load of, of tough games coming up, and West Ham have, I think, have only got have only got that Chelsea game left, and they've mm. got a fairly easy run. Mm. Um, the only concern for West Ham is they're probably like us; they're dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah. injury. Yeah, I, I, I just don't see how we can put that run of form together because we haven't done it all season. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. The only the only positive tonight was we didn't lose, so we're, we're on a uh, the, in the league we're on a four game unbeaten streak or something. It is. Yeah, the bad thing is our away form something like I think it's one loss in seven. That's the yeah. first. That, that's only the second game in seven we've actually dropped points. The away form surprisingly mm-hmm. is not bad. It's uh, the horrific home form that's the concern. Newcastle to me, I was more worried about Newcastle at home. Which is next. It is next. Yes or no? Yeah, we fell for that trip before. I don't know. Last season we played them towards the end as well. We tend to play them sometime around May every single year. But even when they're not in the Premier League, we just end up playing them in a May. In May just, just a league match just to see what happens. Pretendy Cup. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we've won a match at home, so that helps. But like Stephen McCarty thinks we'll, we'll finish top four, and he's, he's giving you awful stick here. Yeah, so don't, mind don't, don't mind Steve. Oh, yeah. he, he said he wants to move to Dublin to take me on. He lives down in Cork. Those lads out there even out of the county. Yeah, he's, he's uh, a legend. Yeah, he's been lashing the comments in left, right, and centre. So legend. I'll ask you one final time, Phil. It's the third time, yes or no? <laughs> what we finished up for? Yeah, I think we will. Boy, boy, boy. A very, very slim margin. It could even be goal difference that gets us over the line. Yeah. Last what game of the saying, season. Right? What are you saying, last right? game of the I think we will last game of the season. I've said it for a few weeks now. I think it comes right down to the wire and it might be one of those, you know, as it stands, we'll be outside the they top four. Inside the top four and then we'll be outside the top four and it'll be one of those kind of last game of the season. I hope and Team Overna misses a penalty <laughs> and we take, we take their place. It'd be lovely. That would be that. nice, wouldn't it? I hate yeah. that little rat. <laughs> but um, I guess we're still it's still to be deter- like look let's move it on um, and Phil I, I'm gonna I'm, I, I am actually gonna ask you to host this this next uh, section because yes, I think you, swap you, over, you, yeah you deserve you deserve this I think I think you've come well equipped in your is that a it's an NFL t-shirt the Bears um, You've come in franchi- full franchise. Um, the most the story, the most storied franchise. The the one of the founding one of the founding members of the National Football League, um, that set in motion a great entity, a great game, great sport, and a great model for sports clubs to follow all around. Global model that that sports clubs can only dream about um, mimicking. So yeah. Well, just can I just I just want to ask this question here because um, Red Steve saying don't worry about our home form we'll be playing in Dubai US China anywhere but L four do you see this do you see Phil do you see this leading onto games being played in 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 far flung parts of the world as in the European Super League yeah I know Shawnee thought I was taking the piss and I was talking to me hoop but I I genuinely think when this ultimately settles down. Um, this model that will now be implemented um, fundamentally changes the way football clubs are seen. They don't belong to cities. They don't belong to countries anymore. They are brands and franchises in in themselves. And if the the people won't pay the money, the franchise will move to somewhere that will pay the money. Yeah, like in the United States. 
hopefully not because that's a nightmare i'm not i'm not saying that that i I agree with that Horrible. thing because I think it's terrible for when the when the teams up and leave those cities and it leaves a hole that that was there before. But this isn't this isn't 1964. This isn't 1980. This is 2021. Okay. Um. I, I, look, I, I'll open it. So I've been on this pod since 20. When I, I set this pod up in 2012, 2014, um, with Andy and, and Steve Owen and, and Trev back at the time. Um. And since then, I've been a strong advocate of moving to a European Super League. And I don't, I, my view on that hasn't changed. Um, I think we play so many irrelevant games. I think we play so many shit games like that game against Leeds tonight. It has it's nothing. People talk about tradition and heritage. That team is, is whatever it was, League One side that's come up through the ranks. Great, great story. Brilliant. Um, but ultimately, football changed in 1992. Football changed in the 90s. When the FA allowed the clubs to sell their rights and create a breakaway league, that ended the traditional football game. It ended it. It fundamentally ended it. When all the Sky, with with Sky there banging on, you see Neville banging on, you see Carragher banging on, Sky came in and ripped what was the traditional football culture apart. It took the game away from... ITV and BBC and put it in paper pay TV, right? And the only difference here was that the person that benefited was the Mordocks, right? That was who, who was benefiting from the creation of the Premier League. And who was the team that jumped on board at that stage? Man United. And who have built their commercial dominance off that model? Man United. So before we get into discussion whether it's good or a bad thing, I ask every Liverpool fan out there, do you want to be sitting on the tra- on the, the station, looking at the train pull away, saying that's a terrible train, I don't want to be on that train. Or would you rather be sitting in the train looking at the window going, look at all this money, look at where we're going to and look at what we're going to be able to do as the global football team that we are. Because this Liverpool isn't a local football team. Manchester United isn't a local football team. They are global sporting franchises that has a reach of millions around the globe. And they belong as much to somebody in China as they do to the person in Liverpool. And that might strike at the very idea of what of the most disenfranchised feel at this moment in time. But there's a sense of this is our club that goes around the globe. And by creating a structure which allows all the fans who feel this globally, right, you have a bigger audience than you will ever get from a single domestic market or a competition run by UEFA. And the only reason UEFA are up in arms is that three and a half billion that should be coming into their coffers is now going in directly to the club's coffers. This is not a fight between UEFA trying to be do the right for the good of the clubs and the future of football. This is, this is who gets control of the money. And the clubs who produce the product and who spend the money to create the product want that money and it's UEFA who are being left out in the cold and it's UEFA it's UEFA who ultimately will pay the price because the domestic leagues will not expel these clubs they might threaten to do it but they won't because if, if the Premier League goes and expels the clubs they will then have a huge legal and financial bill on their hands from Sky whose only carrot left is the Premier League and what's their draw it's the top six it is not the rest of that makes up that team. And mm. that's not that's that's just been completely if you step back, take a cold hard look at this thing and look at what you're talking with, that's where football is. It's mm. no longer 
this local let's go out and see what happens yeah yeah agreed we've been patronized since 1992 lied to since 1992 to be honest with you and you know now the, the amount of hypocrisy that the likes of, that's been peddled by the likes of sky and gary neville you know appealing to the to the real fan well where does sky you know introduced the idea of pay-per-view into the sport in britain and and now that they're in danger of losing control of that it is now you know on their agenda I completely agree with you phil and it makes complete business sense the six best salespeople in the company want to have a say now in running the business that's essentially what's going on and uh and in any other line of business, that wouldn't be a problem. However, you know, the people who really feel that they do own the sport are up in arms. And I have to say, I've been really down about it all day. I respect your view because, you know, you're, you're, you have a more global global and forward thinking, certainly, than I am. But I'm old school. And I, I love the idea of uh, Leighton Orient or Tranmere Rovers or Leicester City, you know, being able to dream about going certain places and I know those are pipe dreams but I am old school uh, but my vision and the vision of most fans out there is completely divorced from the reality of what football is and I think it's been a 20 year haze we've been walking around and Sky have sold it to us very very well that it's tradition it's this tradition of this but now you know we've been prodded awake listen guys from the moment that the forced credits rolled on 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 uh, Sky as it was Sky Sports Channel and Alive and Kicking was sang by Simple Minds. Football had changed completely and and irre- irreversibly, but we've all been caught up in the romance that's been sold to us. It's the biggest marketing con ever, really. That we all thought that we we kind of owned the game. We haven't, and we haven't in a long time. You know, you only have to look at the the ownership roster. We are owned by a consortium of people who own several franchises and they view our game, our our club as being the most archaic, you know, and in order to move it alongside what their other business interests, this is the, the way they, they move forward. But that depresses me. That depresses me. It's the reality, but I'm, I, I feel really bad. And I tell you, looking at Gary Neville, who, you know, didn't whinge about... I know he was a player, but didn't whinge about Manchester United walking out of the FA Cup and didn't whinge about um, the amount of sacrifices that Manchester United made in order to further their business interests at home and abroad. You know, you would think that the six the six clubs that went and did the dirty were Liverpool, 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 Liverpool and Liverpool. It's just hypocrisy that I've seen over the last 48 hours. Phil, you're right. But I hate it. I hate that you're right. It hurts me, to be honest with you. Today's, today's been sad, you know. It's been, and I think I've sp- spoken to a lot of fans from Manchester City. I'll give you an example. A lot of guys that I go to war with, you know, over the F- the f- financial fair play thing. And they're completely, you know, they feel like they've been robbed and they've been lied to because they, when when UEFA, who aren't fit for purpose, and we all knew, knew that, when UEFA failed to overturn FFP, obviously the rest of the clubs and the lawyers of those clubs kind of thought, okay, if they if they haven't even got their own governance in check, what else have they not got in check? Oh yeah, their entire business. Let's challenge their model. Let's build our own model. And again, it's sad. You know, for me, it's very very sad. But um, 
yeah you know you're, you're absolutely right in what you're saying i don't know about you bracky for, for me it's a de depressing reality it's like being told again at 10 years old that there's no santa claus you know <laughs> i mean just going back to 92 though peter you you you, you know you know it's still kind of great on me to this day the fact that essentially they you know they tried to hit the reset button you know to the point where then for years after, you know, obviously Liverpool don't win that Premier League as it's rebranded, the whole rebrand. Obviously, like the trophies replaced and everything, like they 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 try and hit the reset button on on the domestic league, like like you know, and for years and years, you know, it was the stick they beating us with, you know, oh Liverpool haven't won the Premier League, and you know, and then it started getting deep in the psyche of us. Oh, we haven't won the Premier League, and we were getting more and more desperate to win it, and you know, thirteen, fourteen, and all that went with that, and you know, they conveniently, you know, these these types of changes have happened before, you know, they conveniently kind of well, never structurally, never, never as as. No, I know, but I just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying that, that, that you know that you know you've got that used to you know it's it grated on me for years. The fact that our titles were kind of you know sort of pushed to one side. Um, you know, you, we had the Cup Winners' Cup, um, which was completely abolished, and you know that's kind of a science to, to, to history and things like that. So we've we've been in we've been in you know not the same territory, but we've been in these scenarios where there's been some kind of fundamental changes, which has kind of undermined, you know, the fabric of football and the fabric of what people have grown up and, and, and kind of got used to and are now being termed these legacy fans. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's something that I absolutely hate, but you know, I've been, I've been debating this in my mind since sort of, you know, yesterday since it emerged, is it a good thing? It's a, is it a bad thing? I, I can see, I can see the good, the good things behind it. I can see the bad things behind it. One of the things that I didn't, that really, I didn't like about tonight, and this has kind of got my book back up about the owners is that they have been very quiet. Um, you know, the, the, the LFC tweets have just gone on like, you know, this isn't, this isn't a thing. And it's, you know, it's just business as usual and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously the manager, you know, who I'm concerned about, he's, he's, he's going to be morally conflicted here big time. Now the manager has to come out and give this, give this interview, you know, sky, Set it, you know, they set it up 100%. They wheeled out the quote from 2019 about how he was so opposed to it. You know, they absolutely wanted to catch him in a kind of, you know, in a compromise or, you know, a backtrack situation last night. Fair play to Jurgen Klopp. He didn't, he didn't give them that. You know what I mean? He, he absolutely, you know, as, as I suppose we should, we should come to expect. He, he sort of spoke from the heart. He gave his views. He supported the views that he'd, always kind of you know said in the past and I, and I am annoyed at the way that you know the manager was put into that awkward everything else to one side I, I am I am actually pissed off at how they have kind of exposed Jürgen Klopp a little bit tonight and I just hope it doesn't involve him really considering his future and potentially walking away from the club because it's really sad after what has been achieved over the last couple of years in particular with with a team that let's face it we were in the wilderness for a long time and um 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what 
It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. And, and all and all the feel good that's come back. Uh, unfortunately, it's it, it you know it's the, our fan base is being sort of torn apart by all of this, and that that's the sad part for me. Can I just put something right? The 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 key complaint in this whole thing really seems to stem from the fact that there's really no qualification for it. Okay. If if you if you take it back, if you look at what UEFA proposed today, um, and there's probably a PR war to be waged on this by both sides, right? But if you look at what UEFA are going to do with the Champions League, it was a disgusting competition. It was an absolutely disgusting competition. It's not even like at least this has a semblance of true competitive nature to it, and that you've got twenty teams, two groups of ten, with a straight out top four on each go into the quarterfinals, semifinals and final that you get to the end of this, right? The new Champions League is 36 teams in fuck knows how many groups, right? I think it's four groups of nine or two groups or whatever it is, right? Um, What's the two groups of 18? Where you play... Where you play random nine matches or eight matches or seven matches, whatever it is, right? Against a team, teams that are decided by an algorithm and then the top eight get into the last 16 and teams from nine to 24 then play off against each other for the right to go in as the other eight to the last 16. Then they will, then you play down through your 16, 32, 24, uh, to, to whatever, fucking eight, six, four, three, two, one, zero, right? And it guarantees them 10 games each. So you have this convoluted bollocksology which really is just designed to get UEFA more money, ultimately, because more matches means more money for UEFA. And the clubs have said, bollocks to this. And like, their whole thing was that two clubs or three clubs who had high coefficients would never miss out on the tournament in there, i.e. England. You're the only country that has essentially six clubs as opposed to three or four clubs, right? So we'll create this rule where you can have an extra two clubs in based on heritage. And that will probably avoid the likes of Liverpool missing out if they don't get top four or Arsenal missing out if they don't get top four because their heritage gets them back into the top echelons of the competition. And there's still this perceived idea that where you finish in your league gets you into this competition. All they've done is removed it. Like The one the bit that they've missed, really missed the trick on is explaining to people how these five teams get in. And I think ultimately... The logic here is we get this league up and running and then we create a feeder tier. And then you will see eventually some level of relegation and promotion between these two tiers. And the likes of a Celtic, Ajax, um, Porto, Leon, they would all exist in this tier beneath the the, 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 the upper tier. And those teams, the, the top the, the top four of those teams will be promoted and the four, the four that finish in the bottom places would be relegated into this second tier or you have some type of playoff structure or something like that that generates more interest rather than just this sort of quarterfinal, semifinals, final at the end of it. So you have a lot of interest for all the teams across Europe, which they need to flesh out. But I'm, I'm sure they've gone with the idea of the 20 teams because imagine trying to sell 
well, we've also got this other competition over here, whatever it is. If you get the four billion on the hook for the television, you've got all the ratings coming in, you own your stream and you own your television rights and you're just selling them across the globe. You're going to have teams queuing up to get in as part of the package. They're going to want to be there. Bayern and Borussia Dortmund have put out statements. None of them, none of them at the moment have categorically ruled out that they will never be part of the European Super League. They've just said that they would they prefer to stay with, U, with UEFA's tournament and continue on. They feel it's the best way to further the interests of the game. It doesn't say they'll never, ever go into a European Super League. They're not going to put themselves in the hole. They're going to sit and back and see, will. see how it goes, what the money is, and when they realise they can't compete with the teams that are in this, they're going to say, well, actually, we need to go and compete in this. So even if you have this initial break where UEFA is seen to be the bastions of of, of football and whatever it is, ultimately the money decides where teams go ultimately the money just ends this and the other bit that people seem to have completely lost the plot on is that the domestic game is gone domestic game becomes pure in my opinion because again it's who gets to fight for that one position at the end of the season who gets to be the best team in the league and be and, and is that number one side it kind so, of gets us back to almost night, you know, nineteen ninety one, you know, kind of levels of competition, you know, because uh, back then, obviously, you kind of, you won't, you know, you, you, there was one team who got in the European Cup every every season. It was it was the champions. It, it, it was you were you were fighting. The prize was massive back then. You know, it was it was absolutely massive. And you will there's an element of that potentially, you know, return and 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 I guess it's that long ago that we can't really re- re- remember back to all of those kind of so-called dead rubbers that are going to potentially mm. reemerge. Mm. Like, but it's not it's not a yeah, it's a relatively new thing, but it won't be the first time that it's that it's occurred. Um, mm. You know, yeah, you know, for some people, you know, they enjoy this whole top four race. But how many times did we, you know, hear the likes of Arsenal fans complain, like, you know, what? Why are we celebrating top four every season? Like, it's not success. Mm. Like, you know, finishing fourth is not success. You know, it gets us entry into a competition, okay, and then then, then generally you don't get, you know, you don't even get out the group stage and stuff like that. So, like, you know, it's. The Champions League, for people to think like the Champions League it was perfect and it was, you know, the pinnacle, blah, blah, blah. Like, t- to me, that that competition was still, you know, diluted to an extent. Like, we, we played so many meaningless games even in that, in that competition. You know, some fairly bang average group games, you know. Um, so like that competition wasn't that, that 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 competition isn't and wasn't perfect. And by oh, and by the way, they they tried to rebrand that and kind. I know they kept the trophy, but like you know, I, I couldn't like nine times out of ten, I I couldn't stop calling it the European Cup. To be honest with you, I, I, you know, it's it, another thing that grated on me the whole bollock bollocks of the Champions League brand and all that sort of stuff. So look, that that's just the kind of the traditionalist in me. But uh look, Chris, I'm dying to hear your thoughts because you're sitting there patiently. Um uh, go on, fire away. Uh I've probably had a bit of time to think about it. I, I, I think last night I was a bit it, it felt a bit raw and it felt a bit of a it felt like things that I like about football, you know, the jeopardy and things like that. <laughs> so like you know top four isn't a trophy but with jeopardy of missing out actually made shit games quite exciting shit fucking hell we have to beat we have to beat these so i always thought super league would come in but i always thought the super league would be like a rebrand of the champions league that's what yeah. i thought it would be you know 
you have to qualify in some way, you know, whether now whether that's England at six spots instead of four spots. I mean, purists will say it should be the Champions League, the league winners, but that's that those days have been gone for 30 years. I think people need to sadly accept that's never going to happen. I I don't I can't it doesn't sit comfortable with me that Liverpool won't be in a won't be in a domestic league because I quite like the fact that when we play Real Madrid and Ajax and Bayern Munich, it's an occasion because it's rare. And I quite like the fact it's rare. It's like fucking when we played Bayern Munich two years ago, I was, I was like, we haven't played this in the 70s. So in my lifetime, I've never seen us play Bayern Munich. So it was quite exciting. Whereas I don't want every every game to end up being like like every year we play Porto. And Porto becomes like a running joke. I was Porto again. So playing Porto is not exciting. But I think if you're playing Real Madrid every year, twice a year, I think it loses its shine. And that's why, you know, I, I like the jeopardy of football. So I, I'd like to be some jeopardy of getting in there. It, you know, it feels saying that they're going to put, bring in a second, say, bring in a second competition, which will be a promotion relegation, almost like the second tier is like the new Europa League. Fine. I, I may be able to get my head around it. I mean, it's the way I'm built. Until I see all the details, the ins and outs, and how it work, how something works, I never, I'm never quite settled with it. I, I can adapt to most changes, but I need to see the ins and outs. But from what I've seen, it's very broad. It's very, it's a bit wishy washy for my liking. Both of them, and I don't just mean the new Champions League looks shit that they're bringing out, and this one they've got now, it's got a bit more structure to it, but there's still too many questions for me. Uh, I mean, I've seen rumours now that they're going to say, oh, the, the, the second teams will get out of the league. I, I can't see them doing that because I, th- I think that's like, cut your nose or spite your face. Yeah, I think they, I think yeah. they know that because... Um, but it's, 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 as you said last night, Bracky, it's high stakes poker and, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, you, you have to, show, you know, there's a lot of posturing. I mean, the, the chairman of UEFA come out today and said, you know, everyone's going to be banned and everyone's this. It's, none of that's going to happen. This is just a pure power play. Pure power play, you know. You can't blame as a business, you know. As as much as I'm depressed and you're depressed, you can't. I feel delighted. You can't blame the businesses for want to further their interests in because essentially it's an invisible brand. It's a brand that basically is the players and is the clubs, mm. and you have an organisation that's not fit for purpose in UEFA, basically making most of the money. That does that doesn't make any yeah. sense in any other industry. But this I, one, I generally, said no more, you know? Yeah. I generally thought it was a bit of a power play, which was the clubs have gone, as Phil says, bollocks to this new Champions League idea. It's crap. So we want a bit, a bit, a bigger piece of the pie because we're playing more games for your competition. And mm. we want a bigger say as founding members or regulars in the competition of how it's run because some of the stuff you're thinking of is crap. Mm. And, and they're and powerless. Be, yeah, and, I, and that's why I thought, oh, they've done this. To, almost like at first when the Super League email came out, I thought this is in, this is all these big clubs calling the bluff, going, "You don't think we'd leave? We're leaving. We're leaving I mean, the ECA." Look, look at Germany. Look at Germany. It's not. I was waiting. I was. Waiting. I thought at some point we'll, in the next, we'll see a backtrack or a uh, uh, not a backtrack. Uh, uh, meet in the middle point. We'll do this. Hmm. But what, now there's talk, as I think I read in the BBC, that uh, the, they're claiming that they've already signed a, a 23 year deal. If you sign a 23-year deal, that's not wishy-washy pipe work. That's pretty far down the line. That's further down the line than people think. Yeah. Okay, I think I think I think people have also gotten away from similar events that things like this have happened and how it ends. The, the authorities end up coming back in on side. So if you take, uh, we were talking about this as well with Shane last night. If you take the the, the current 
Heineken Rugby Cup or whatever it's called, the European Rugby Cup that the or European Rugby competitions in place that replaced the old Heineken Cup, right? And that eventually that ev- essentially became a reality because the French and the English teams were all offered a shitload of money by a TV broadcaster to go off and set up their own competition and leave the, the existing European Rugby Cup, right? Um, and it was a big for kerfuffle about it, and eventually. They changed the structure of the competition to fit what the clubs wanted. And all of a sudden, they were all best of friends again. And then the Confederation got in on the the money. Now, they weren't getting as much money as they got previously for running the competition. But now, because the clubs had a say, and I think a 55% stakehold in the overall competition, right, which they didn't have before, and were getting a bigger share of the pie, and they were able to get then bring all the Irish, Scottish, and Welsh teams back into it. I know people are going to say, rugby, 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 bully. But as a... The, the as, as, the yeah, the, the premise is the same here. Like logically, and I, I know Sean is, is is really upset about it because he's just been going back and forward. I know from talking to Andy, he can't make his head up why this has happened. And if I was being really cynical, this is a non-reversible power play. So no matter what happens here, right? If there is a coming together of the two parties to bring the structure back into a holistic point of view, yeah. it won't be those, under, yeah. those founding twelve clubs have guaranteed that they've either secured their position in this tournament for life, right, or for 10 years or for whatever amount of years it's going to be, and they they are going to get the substantive part of the cash involved in any holistic solution in a competition. And that competition is going to be closer to the European Super League that was announced last night by them than the... I don't know what to make you up. Like you couldn't, it, that is, is, is like the shittest version of a pro Evo tournament that you could come up with. Like yeah, it's yeah, the I don't yeah. feel, I, I, I like me, me problem solves and me algorithms and stuff like that. Cause I'm a bit of a geek. Even I was looking at God, Jesus fucking Christ. I, I just want to watch a game of football. At least, at, least, at least, at least the super league one, I kind of go, whether you like how it's made up or the money side of it, the physical yeah. structure is two, two, t- two groups of 10 top, top four go into a knockout tournament. I can get that. And I think if if Liverpool is still in the domestic league and this is the new Champions League, I could sort of get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would, I just, I do feel there should be some reward for, and look, even if they're only here for one year, if West Ham finished second this year, give them a crack at it. Now they may just get, they may just get beaten all, te- all 20 games and that's it, they're done. But they got beaten all 20 games, they played against Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Barcelona, they made £350 million, that keeps West Ham going for, donkey's years and they build off it that's that's the bit I would like and then I think I can move on I mean I honestly thought the power game for this was and I still think it's the power game for, um, for the big clubs is I think they eventually want either their, either their own streaming service or a big six streaming service so like in Canada is it DAZN you, you pay them to like 20, $20 a month and you get all the football yeah I think that's what Liverpool want Liverpool want Liverpool TV to be. You pay me twenty five pound a month for Liverpool TV, but you get every Liverpool game, no matter what competition they're in, and we get all the money for it because we can market it and do it better than Sky can. And that's yeah. that's the thing that's I was surprised that's also got to be Pip. I'm trying not to swear. Has <laughs> um, been the um, the high horse hand bringing by Sky. Sky Sky pissed off because 
they're not getting it. This is Sky. Yeah, yeah. And BT, by the way, they come out with statements, BT Sport. I mean, they've invested in the Premier League and the Champions League in a big Mm. way. Um, You know, so they'd like, you know, I I think it was, it was either Neville or Carragher. I think it was Neville. He was like, you know, we all need to unify, you know, Sky, BT Sport. But, you know, he's, you know, basically he was bringing out all the, he, it was a, you know, it was a call to action for all of the. Do you know what it was like? Do you know what it was like, Ray? It was like watching, Fox. Phil will subscribe to this, it was like watching Fox in the yeah. United States. It was like the Republicans <laughs> on Fox telling you it that. Was, you know, who who owns Fox? Who owns Fox? Lads, exactly. who owns Fox? But Ru- the thing Uncle is, Rupert. people are talking about, you know, oh, they did fourteen ninety nine pay per views during a pandemic, which everyone shafted them over. Said this is crap. Uh, does anyone remember Premier League Plus? The other yeah. stream, the other channel that you can buy, you can have Sky Sports, the thirty pound one, and for an extra fifteen, you can have Premier League Plus, and they put all the big games on Premier League Plus. I remember, yeah. I remember that I was about fifteen, sixteen when they did that. You know, so this shit's been done before. Yeah. It's because they're not part of it. So, yeah, and that's the while, thing. And you've got Gary Neville. Yeah. While I don't like it, I'm not having Sky, BT, UEFA, FIFA, the FA are all going like holier than that and these are going to save us. Because not be funny, if UEFA and FIFA were better organized properly, politely, either they'd have thought of the Super League or more likely, they, no club would dare turn on them. What UEFA have done with the uh, international competition, um, you know, the, the the whole introduction of the Nations League and making sure that the big nations play the big nations on a more regular basis. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the principles are kind of similar, you know. And I know there's the whole concept around promotion and relegation but that's fairly token really like ultimately what they want is they want they want england playing germany you know they want spain playing germany they, like they, they, this is this is you know so yeah. look i mean picking up on olivier's sorry just picking up olivier's point because that's my background women's football because i follow it um i just read that and thought politely that is a and i could say exam one uh that's just male tokenism Oh, and we'll, oh, yeah. we might do some for the for the women's That's game. Fair. It was it oh, was yeah. to, it was. You may as well have actually not mentioned it because it, it was bullshit tokenism. And also, in terms of the women's football, the women's Champions League is quite a new competition. And if there's the women's Champions League, it's actually more entertaining in general. There's actually a lot of good games in there, so I don't really know how that helps. I'd be interested how they do the uh, if they are going to do a Super League for women football. As much as I love Liverpool women, and I you know that, that's who I go with my daughter. Liverpool's women are in the Championship. You ain't going to put. I'd be amazed they're going to get away with putting Liverpool women in, in a Super League, but then it becomes really uncompetitive. Yeah. Because yeah. this is my thing. This is the thing uh, I laugh about is we're moaning this year that, well, we couldn't compete with City because of all our injuries because City can rotate. Mm. And we're all going to get 350 million and we all could spend 55% of our turnover. That's great. City's still got a billion more than us. United and Chelsea have got a billion more than us. So they're still going to outbid you for everyone anyway. So are we just going to become a mid table Super League side? No, no and, and this, 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 this is the one bit I wanted to cover off because this mm-hmm. is what hasn't been covered off or, or is, is only starting to get airtime now. There is a salary cap in the Super League and the idea of the salary cap is to retain a competitiveness throughout the This message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner, 
with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Right, so essentially, the, and it's based around um, commercial turnover that the club is being generated. So essentially, what's driving this? We've talked about the money from UEFA, but UEFA's inability, UEFA's absolute inability to implement and manage its own FFP rules. I go back to John Henry coming in and setting up the club and setting up the FSG thing and saying they were only interested, <laughs> they were only interested in making sure that, that sorry, they'd only buy into a club once they knew that FFP was going to be a real thing. Okay? So this is the whole thing. As soon as FFP was challenged by Manchester City and it fell apart because because UEFA couldn't enforce their own rules. Like you can almost see the head. Fuck this, lads. We're out of here. If we can build a structure where we can have a, something that we understand, i.e., a salary cap based around commercial turnover, because they're used to that in American sport. And I hate bringing this back to American sport, but there's a reason why four of the owners in the in the Premier League are Americans, right? There's a reason why Perez and Barcelona were able to sell this to the Americans because they understood the model. They understood how these caps were going to work. They understood how all this type of stuff was going to work, right? And he played to his audience. They have been trying to implement a Super League since the formation of the Champions League, since 1998. And the other thing that people forget about, the reformation of the Champions League happens once every 10 years, Right? This has been talked about once every 10 years when they've gone and made tweaks to the Champions League, be it three teams coming in, four teams coming in, changing the way. Remember, we used to have two group stages in the Champions League when it originally started. There was the first group stage and the second group stage that went through. This has always been a way to stop a formation of a European Super League. All it's been is to slow slow this formation down. So no matter how we look at it, something was going to happen, right? The question was who was going to drive the change. And this is this is the only question that was going to happen. And, and people can, whether they like it, don't like it, whatever it's going to be. The fact is the money is too big in sports these days. The money is too big in, in terms of franchises that are being sold. And we didn't sign that deal with Nike thinking that we were going to be still selling jerseys like it was 1984. <laughs> getting, these, getting your brand in front of billions of people and selling that brand to those billions of people is the only thing that matters to FSG because that is what the contract says. The more you sell, the more you get back. It is hyper-capitalism. And that's what that's what happens, happens when you get into a global globalized hyper-capitalist environment. And that's what we live in. And we can not like it, we can dislike it all we want, but that's what we live in. And their ideal, and this is going to kill people, but the legacy fans, I think, is a horrible sideshow that's been very well worked by PR that sits where they want to get the message out that the domestic league is better and the Champions League is better. I mean, the but, thing is, sorry, Phil, just to cut you off. Yes. Going back to 92, again, the one thing that we did really badly back then, obviously on the pitch, we, we fell off a cliff. You know, we were at the end of a cycle. It was, it was, it was bad timing in that respect. But we, but we, we compounded it by our lack of commercial acumen, uh, off, you know, off the pitch. We absolutely lost out in that financial race to Manchester United at the time, um, at the forefront of it, and even then to to to, to, to Arsenal, um, you know, further down the line, you know, uh, we 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 are we either 
we either embrace this or we get left behind. And I certainly wouldn't want to get left behind for a second time because we definitely got left behind in the 90s because we kind of stuck to our – we stuck too closely to our old principles. And I'm not saying we trod all over our, our, our what, what, what we stand for and what we are as a club, but, we, but at some point we've got to be realistic uh, and we've got to try and push on and we've got to try and – unfortunately – you know, we've we've got to let go of some of the things that maybe we hold dear to our heart in the interests of maybe the next 10, 15, 20 years. And 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 that's that's the side I'm starting to come down on at the moment, notwithstanding the fact that I do not want our domestic I do, do not want our part if this is at the cost of our participation in the domestic league then I, I'm I, I'm dead set against it I absolutely value the, the domestic I actually value the domestic league on a personal level more than I do you know the, 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 the what happens in the European competition but from a from a from a restructure of the European competition I absolutely um I, I'm absolutely okay with with this scenario right now. <laughs> Someone's making you laugh here. You want to have <laughs> don't know what he's doing. He's made the bed. He's made popcorn. He's he's, yeah. he's on his way to Anfield. You you might actually you never know. Someone might have knocked on his door and maybe there's a protest uh, starting off in Barcelona. There could be a Barcelona protest, and that's I wanted him. I wanted to ask I him. Know, I know. Yeah, I'm, be I'm really intrigued as to what the well, yeah. what the sort of what the, the situation is there. Yeah. The question I've still got is: we talk about you talk about the salary cap, which sounds at least like a plan. I'm st- still haven't seen full details yet of um, who who uh, who monitors them. Do you, do you monitor yourselves? Because in the nicest possible way, it's all nice and hunky dory between these twelve now. But let's be fair, the three the English the big English clubs plus Tottenham and Arsenal and uh, the Spanish and the Spanish clubs don't always get on and don't always agree. So. How is it governed? Is it is it a vote system? Is I, would it, stick, uh, I would stick Platini and Seth Blatter in there to to. What could go wrong? Oh yeah, what could go wrong? John Delaney. Yeah. Put, put, put the uh, Barca president in stars. What can happen? Don't start about Barcelona. I just oh, oh, I couldn't resist. I saw you come back. I couldn't resist. How was Chris, that? Chris, I think, okay? oh, sorry. I, I think your point is. I think your question is. If you if you go the full model that I think hmm. they probably will, which is the which is the American model, right? Um, you have a commissioner, and it becomes they put in their own governance that sits across the leagues. And like the reason why that there there are five billion and six billion assets in terms of the teams that sit there is because they they all adhere to the rules. They sign off on the rules and they sign up to the rules. And the rules need to be changed. Like this year is the first time the NFL has ever seen a reduction in their in their salary cap. Because because of what's gone on the pandemic, because they haven't had fans in the stands and everything, and all the clubs are being hit by it. Like there's basically there's a massive salary cap squeeze, and and players are being let out the free agency purely because they can't afford to keep them on their books. So where they haven't gone and changed the rules because they know the rules are right, but they're saying this is a one year hit, and the next year because the new t- the new uh, TV money kicks in, that then their salary cap will grow by somewhere around thirty to forty million, so they'll be able to bring the players that they want back through. So they they basically are running, they run it that way, and that's the model. Again, I go back to that's the model that most of the owners that live that we're talking about have looked at and said this is the model that we think is the right model for our 
teams because it fits what we do and how we work as units. Great. See, master of disaster there saying how how did Tottenham get into this conversation? I, 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 have them, I have them down. I have them down as being the first franchise to move. I think the Hotspurs will end up in New York, maybe, or even Chicago. Phil, you could be supporting the Chicago Hotspurs in ten years' time. The reason Tottenham are there is is because of that stadium. That stadium allows yeah. them to do football, allows them to do NFL. Um, people won't like hearing that, but the reason Tottenham there is it is a prime location for sport. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you if you want to get a lot of foreign visitors to come to it, fly to London, watch the super watch the Super League. I could see how three London that. clubs, three London clubs out yeah. of twelve. I mean, yeah, I mean, as people like, it, I have no, I, I, you get Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are probably one of the most successful clubs in in the in since two thousand. So you can't, you know, you can see why Chelsea are in there. I mean, I've loved how Chelsea and City have been painted as, or oh, they've reluctantly joined. <laughs> I did it. Yeah, we'll give you three hundred fifty million. Oh, okay. Then. That, that that's how reluctant it is, is it? So, the only thing I've got a question for Phil is just a bit, and this is not me being um, what's the word? cheeky. I'll, I'll say cheeky. I think it's the right way of putting it. He, he's coming so, on again. He's got on again because I answered Barcelona. Um, <laughs> would, would you, do you think this will be the end of transfer fees long term? Because let's face let's face it, that is one thing that seems to catch out every American owner mm-hmm. or every foreign a lot of foreigners that we have. They all go. Well, I've got to pay thirty-five million and then pay his wages because they all look at horror when they find that's the, that's how football is and that's how football has been for well, forever. I still think we're about fifteen, twenty years away from that. I think I think depending on what way this goes, if this ends up ultimately being a replacement for domestic leagues, then yes. If it doesn't, if there's always a domestic league there, there'll always be transfer fees because these teams will hoard talent in the way Chelsea has and then they'll distribute that talent back to the domestic leagues to allow that talent to develop. So think about it. If Liverpool or Chelsea and Arsenal and United and City all get kicked out of the league tomorrow, that means all their players that are out on loan to all those league teams become ineligible for those league teams because mm-hmm. they're owned by the pairing clubs. So the clubs will just go, they're our players. You've taken away our right to play. You've kicked us out of the league. You can't have any of those players. Think about the impact that would have across Right the way across football. Right? Because none of these none of these potential sanctions are enforceable. Legally. No, I, I, I know. And it's also the idea that they'll just cut the Champions League this year. If they cut the Champions League this year, they will they will literally have a massive issue, a massive, massive, massive lawsuit on their hands because I mean the telling line was telling line was what uh, I can't remember, it? Um, one of the main guys just said like we've already checked with our solicitors, we th- we don't think they've got anything they can hang us on. And to be honest, if you've got City on board, whether you like City, you don't like City, they have the best lawyers, and yeah. they've already proven twice they can outwork UEFA and FIFA at their own game. So if it's on their if it's on their terms, <laughs> you know whether you like it or not, that's going to. I mean, I, I love this one from Nay, which says, uh, "Did you see the government statements? And not be funny, lads. They can't. They can't even work Brexit. They can't work. They can't get people vaccinated. You know. You know they can't. You know it's populism. Yeah, what you're seeing is." Across yeah. the board, you're seeing everybody wish, seeking the hand up to be popular. Yeah, that's it. I wish I wish there was this much outrage over who got PPE contracts, but that's probably a separate conversation. The, you know, the, there's only I'd one be more country, upset that. Exactly. There's only one country in Europe that would be credible when it, when a government or even 
a governing body says that something is not going to happen. Now, that's Germany, because what they do is they build a proper governance model. They make sure that it's legally sound and they enforce it. The Brits, you know, as soon as they smelled a few quid, to be honest with you, around 92, they forgot, they actually didn't bother to build a governance model. And to be honest with you, UEFA is the same. UEFA is, is just a fundraising organization to be honest with the self-serving fundraising organizations but can, can i just on, on chris's point about the about the number of london clubs if you go back to an interview by by perez essentially this whole thing is also a strategic play by the spanish clubs to break the, the stranglehold on tv rights because mm. they know that the six clubs are getting in england are getting more money in the, from the Premier League TV rights than they're getting in Spain for their rights. Yeah. And they're able to sell the rights individually. So by going into this, they break the stranglehold. And that's the reason why the six English clubs are included in this. That's the reason why Tottenham is in this and Arsenal is in this, mm-hmm. because they knew they couldn't get the English teams in unless they took all six in. Yeah. Had they gone and There's tried to take... Had they gone and tried to take United, Chelsea, Liverpool and City, which have been, say, the top four for the last two years or whatever it is, then they there would have been some level of um of 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 those teams turning around and saying no because we're not leaving sports and arsenal because they've all we've all been in the sports and arsenal position of just being outside the top four right so the only way they could get them in is get the six teams in that's why the six are in there and isn't it this rule that the premier league teams they can't be booted out if there's if there's um there's a there's a threshold, isn't there? Of three quarters, over three quarters have to vote you out essentially. Yeah. So those six will obviously not vote, you know, one another out, sort of thing. So, so, so that's one thing that that they've avoided by having six in this. Um, you know, so I mean, Pete, what's the what's the what's the what's kind of the being, you know, the sort of the retro. In Barcelona, the rest of the clubs are panicking. Okay, and and Barcelona and Real Madrid are saying nothing. Well, Perez, as you know, um, if, you know, everyone's asking the question: who, who's who's the power broker behind? Well, he's the broker, but who's the who's the power behind? So obviously, he's gone off to China or somewhere, and he's okay. and he's gone. He's gotten billions behind. So everyone else is because I mean, let's face it: what you what you left with Real Betis. Valencia, you know, the best of the rest. It's it's a panic. And there's more money in finishing 17th in the Premier League than there is at the moment, as it stands, in winning La Liga. So it's a complete power grab, um, you know. But the, the worry here is, well, what, you know, what, what do you want us to do? You know, we we don't we literally can't afford to match anything domestically. That you know, so they're just going to let Real Madrid and Barcelona do whatever they want and hope that they leave time to play in to fulfil their La Liga fixtures. To be quite honest with you, that so seems there's no, so, there's, so there's no talk over there about them being expelled from La Liga the, the... because they, it's the rest of the clubs become automatically unsustainable. It's just mm. there's no interest. They've got they've got Atletico, they've got Real, and they've got Barcelona. The only other team that would ever have gone into that top four in, in the most recent past is Valencia. And they're in, in the early noughties. Yeah, and they're in a financial hellhole at this stage. There's yeah. always been one or two teams that pop up to join in with those three, but that's the yeah, three. Sevilla every now and again, maybe. I mean, look, if you go, if you go look, back to the start of the Champions League, Deportivo, La Coruña were regulars in it, weren't mm. they? 
Sevilla are, are the best Europa League side of all time. If we get the second tier of, of this European Super League, those lads are a shoe in to be in, in, in that second they'll be, tier. They'll become the West Brom. They'll be yeah. promoted, relegated, promoted, relegated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose with the German clubs, the, the issue that, well, that's, that's not an issue, but this is because Germany has governance, is obviously fans are 51% say, always. Mm-hmm. So you've got to sell the dream to the fans. Um, yeah. So that's why the that's why Bayern and Dortmund because Bayern and I don't know Bayern and Dortmund's owners could say we really want to be in, but until we can sell the dream to our fans, we're knackered because we can't we can't go, you know. Whereas I think that's why there's so much uproar here. And Pete's gone again; he's so upset. <laughs> 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 uh, I think that's why I, was, I think that's some reason why I'm so uproar here because people have not been consulted or fans don't feel like so. But sadly. We don't have a, a big enough say in the club, you know. As much as we would love it, we don't. There's no governance to say fans have to have a say in football clubs. They probably should, but they never do. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total wine and more. Ultimately, though, Ray, and you're a, you're a match going red, right? Um, I think an awful lot of them have gotten really, really, really upset about the fact that this this idea of legacy fans or, or talk that's out there. But I, I don't I, again. I think that's just a PR play, a clever play, PR play by by a side that's against this, right? Um, but like, talk to me. Like, what's your feeling? You're a season ticket holder. How? Like, I think. Well, look, as as of, as I just said there before, ultimately for me, um, European competition is secondary. Domestic uh, competition is primary. Um, I, I still want Liverpool to be in a you know in a a, a twenty uh, team uh, league, you know, to go and try and be the champions of England every year. And you know, it, it's been great to win European cups. Um, twice, you know, in in recent history, Champions League in, in recent history, but ultimately for me, it's the the, the domestic. Like I will, st- I I will still get, you know, I will still get up for and excited about a game against Leeds and a game against you know West Brom and a game against Manchester United in a domestic setting you know that's that's ultimately what what football is about for me the 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 other bit is just the cream on top really and it, it's it's always been a result obviously of being um good domestically that you then and the right to um to, to then go into 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 competition against other teams in Europe I guess it's that element isn't it it seems to be that element that like, earning the right seems to be you know, really sort of against people's kind of principles and, 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 and morals, I guess. And by removing the need to have to earn that right, um, you know, then ultimately it's, it, you know, you're kind of sticking it to the to the smaller club or the smaller man or whatever. Um, and we like to think that we're, we're, we're you know, we, we do collectively stand for something, not just, we don't just look after our own self-interest, but we're also there to try and protect others who aren't, you know, as successful or, or, or who, who aren't closer to the top of the football uh pyramid but as long as for me as long as that as long as the domestic competition um stands then 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 
Um, I'm not. I'm not against this, and we'll see. The thing is, we will see people's views about being against it because it seems to be the, the collective um, voice at the moment. Yet yeah? the, the the people up in arms, the disgust about it, um, people rushing to conclusions before they've even seen all the facts, and, and that's for me. There's still an element of this where it has to be a watch. You know, a, there has to be a watching brief over what unfolds i mean the salary cap thing has only just come out you know literally sort of in the course of us playing a football match and so on so there's loads of stuff still to come out so i'm not going to make my, my my final judgment on this but we have to you know all i would say is we have like nothing lasts forever we have to accept that you know progress advancement changes you know they they, they do come along and you know uh, we 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 are, I guess, for a fortunate to be in that conversation because I'd hate to not be in that conversation. Put it that way. Like if you know, if you know, and this isn't a go at, at, at Everton, but if I was if if I was an Everton fan now, like I obviously I'd be absolutely livid because you'd be on the outside, absolutely looking in because you'd have absolutely no chance. I don't think of getting into this Super League anytime soon. Just as you thought you might be about to crack the Champions League, but um. Can I just can I just wrap it up with one final comment? Because a lot of people have said this. Why didn't the club tell the people involved? Why didn't they, well, basically, from what I know, stock market rules would have prevented the owners of the clubs informing okay. staff and the coaches and anyone else about what was going to happen because you've got publicly listed companies and they have to go with an official press statement when they're going to do that. So otherwise it would have been seen as insider trading. So this mm. is, it's just, it's, I come back to it, whether people are, these are corporations, they aren't football mm. clubs. And also, just one last thing, because it's, and, and it's really annoyed me, this idea about legacy and history. Liverpool Football Club exists because the guy who owned the ground at Anfield wanted to have full control over who bought the products in the ground, right? And he binned off the Everton board because they wanted to have a range of products and he wanted to sell only his own alcohol in Anfield, and he got them out and set up Liverpool because he wanted full control over the economic control, the economic rights of the club. He wanted full control over who was getting the money, and he wanted control over where the money was coming to. John Holden, go and read up the story of John Holden. Get away from the um, John. What was the other? The two Johns. There was the, the guy from Ulster who was commonly referred to as, mm-hmm. as the founder of Liverpool. Go read about John Holden who was the real uh, real creator of Liverpool Football Club and why he set the club up the way he did. It was all about him maximising his interest and it was about maximising a profit in a football club so that all the shareholders would gain something out of it. It's not a new concept. We're talking 1892, 120 years ago, and this is essentially, we're back around, it's the same idea again. The owners of the club now want to maximise their investment and their profitability so they can realise the maximum amount for their shareholders. But it's Horrible different. When, do- when dirty foreigners do it, Phil, remember, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just made me chuckle that one. <laughs> and I can say uh, Olivier's on fire. That's brilliant. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, um, there was there was one a bit further further back up here, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the Boston Liver Birds. I guess if we end up in the Boston uh, Liver Birds territory, then we can uh, then 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 we can officially say fold it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I, I, I'm still at the point where I think I'm still I'm still in the no at the moment. However, look. 
the one thing I, which I don't think people do, I mean, you can't do it on social media, but uh, and people in the comments aren't liking it. At least Phil's given a constructive counter argument, which, to be fair, has maybe a few things I've thought about and gone, some of this doesn't sound so bad, some in my head still sounds horrific. But I'm at the moment where I'm thinking, like, I still want Liverpool in the domestic league, and then, but I'll see, but until I see more details, I'll see how it goes. And do you know what? It would be the first time I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'll hold my, hold my hands up going, saw it wrong. You know what? I was too reactionary. Saw it wrong. Hold my hands up, which not a lot of people want to do. But you know what? People always want their first take to be the right take. My gut feeling is it's not right. If I'm proven wrong, do you know what? I'll come in and say, oh, I, I was wrong. You know, but that's where I am at the moment. Um, I don't like the idea of them not being in the league, uh, a domestic league, which I mean, I'll be honest, I still don't think that's going to happen going to happen but um, with regards to this Super League or Champions League 3 whatever they're doing now I'll withhold judgment a bit more till I hit, see a bit more detail It's going to get more expensive to go to games though in, particularly in that competition I can imagine you know Oh yeah your £9 tickets have gone out the window Yeah 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 um, the seventy-seven quid ticket might might seem cheap in five years' time. Uh, they'll they with a new nine pound ticket. <laughs> so you know, I think I think I think that's you know that that's going to be probably one of the biggest negatives. Really, it, it is going to be, you know, I, I, I guess one fear I would have is you know I've got young kids like you know by the time I get to take the two of them to the game, like what's it actually going to cost me? You know, is it, is it going to be realistic to, to take them to games? That, that, that is, a, that's a genuine concern. I mean, that's the next thing you want to put out there is what is your ticket? What is your ticketing policy? Mm. I mean, look, put it out there. Even Look, whatever they, whatever they say they're going to charge, no one can stop them. Yeah. They try, if people could try, you know, obviously Liverpool to, to walk out a few years ago, but how many other clubs will do it? You know, it, it's a bit easier when it's on your owner and you're making your owner not charge you. When it's a governance and this is this is the price, because maybe that actually do be, be a bit of a flat price. Is this is the price for going to the Super League, whether you're going to Tottenham, Milan, or Liverpool? That may be one way of at least making it clear. I mean, I don't know if you're getting three hundred fifty million pound, maybe you don't need to put up ticket prices. But I think that's a bit of a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah. By the way, there was some comments in here about not liking the thought of playing Madrid every season or Barcelona every season. I, I'm actually the opposite. I, I prefer I prefer to play them every, every season than play some of the dross that, that we've been playing in the Champions League recently. I'd say they're going to rotate the, the when teams play against each other. There's two groups and you've got two a, a fixed, fixed amount in each. You get one year, you get a, whatever it is against this six and then the next year you're going to play the other six and that's what they'll do. So you'll only ever play them every two years. So you won't have this constant boredom that goes on. So mm. it's the logical. It's a product. Look, at the end of the day, look, this. the idea of this is to make it the most attractive football product that's out there so that you can sell it for the maximum amount. Let's be honest about it. And that's what it is. This is why it's the super clubs in, in terms of what it is. Right. Ray, wrap this up. I want to go and watch some um, draft stuff. To be totally honest with you, when when is the when is the when is the draft, Phil? April the 29th, and I'm still hoping that the Bears are going to pick up a magic trade and trade up and actually get a franchise quarterback for the first time since Sid Luckman in the 1940s. But go on anyway. So that's the well, second look, thing. Pete's do. already left us a multiple times. So <laughs> we'll say we'll say good night to Pete. <laughs> Um, <laughs> by the time he comes back, we'll be gone. Um, uh, and we'll say uh, thanks and good evening to Chris. No worries. See you all Friday.
Friday. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel for you, Chris. It's already crossed my mind that you are going to get absolute pelters if you've got some of your normal kind of leads, Aston Villa, <laughs> Leicester type of guests on on Friday. It's going to be oh. a little bit hairy, isn't it? I, I can get you some. I can get you some Arsenal, United, City. Should I only talk to those people now? <laughs> yeah. No, to us, I don't mind because, um, to be fair, I've had interactions with all of them, so they've all got their point of view and it, and you know, it's probably as similar to mine. Um, but look, they know it's not. If I suppose they know it's not me. It's not me making decisions. So, um, I think what I'm probably doing our show is I'll put it out there now early, so people know. Is I'll give the first 15 minutes. I'll give every person on it five minutes and i'll get a time roll say say your piece on super league and then one to your five minutes amazon that's it done and then we'll go back to predicting football and getting random silly questions in, in the chat because the idea of the friday show it's supposed to be a bit of fun yeah, you know we've got a nice way there's loads of shows on here where we could do serious chat we do tactical chat i like to get the friday forecast where i can quite light-hearted. It is supposed to be making silly predictions. It is supposed to be me predicting a, a result and actually getting it right, which I think I've only, I've only done twice. So, you know, it's becoming a bit of a running joke now how many I get wrong. Some of the lads were, ve- were, were very good with the predictions on Friday. I have to say, fair play to some of them. There was some yeah. correct scores there. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I got the Chelsea one, but, you know, not to blow me on trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, thanks for your, thanks for your um, insight. I knew... When the glasses were on, I knew when the NFL gear was on that you meant business tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, thanks again. Um, I think you've done uh, a very good job at you know positioning a, a, a counter argument to the majority of what you will see over the next uh, few days and what you've already seen. Um, and Pete, we did say thanks once, but you were out the room for the fifteen. <laughs> I did. Thanks again. Thanks again, Pete. And we will definitely be interested to see how things develop on the Barcelona side of things over the next. Uh, nah, it's a, it's a two club league, three max. So, you know, they're just going to get their own way. To be honest, in Barcelona are nearly a billion quid in debt, in the same boat as Manchester United. So, it's good news for them, you know. Yeah. So, for them, I'm Madrid, big time. Yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of it's come at the right time. It's a bailout of sorts. Um, of and I tell you what, that La Liga is extremely exciting at the moment, isn't it? Fuck me, Ray. This is ten minutes after seven. You wrap this up so we can all go. <laughs> Christ on a bike. I'm doing this to. I, I tell you what, like you, you will be like you, you're you're a horrible prick when you go to a meeting and you know when oh, somebody wants to wrap up and the next one, you start yeah. talking. So anyone got anything? Are we all finished? Well, hang on a second. I just want to fuck off. <laughs> Who's going to win the Liga, Pete? <laughs> Barcelona. Not, just a white Barcelona. Pizza. Just a white Pizza. Anyone but Barcelona. Um, I'm going to go Atleti. I think Atleti go. Will. Are you going to say goodnight, Mayowa? I am going to say goodnight on that. On- some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. 
Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports Social Podcast Network.